1: And the dream of everyone else who've been told. So, Connection Podcast Network viewers and listeners, welcome into WWE War Wrestling Above Replacement. I'm JT, and as you can see, I am joined as always by my buddy Marcus. Marcus, how are you?
0: Uh, I'm doing great, man. Uh, we're getting into spring, which means it's my favorite meme time of the year, which is Justin Timberlake saying, "It's gonna <laughs> be me." I'll probably be like 85, and I will still love Pop that. for that
1: one. It's a good one. Yeah. I always laugh at it too. It's better than my least favorite meme is um after Halloween when they do the one of Santa carving the turkey and says, Whoa, let's carve the bird before we start prepping for Christmas. <laughs> I see that one like five times a year and it drives me insane. I hate that one. We can celebrate both, you know.
0: We can celebrate we can both. both. We don't we don't need no. to
1: we don't need to complimentalize. We can get prepped for Christmas and still enjoy Thanksgiving, you know, we're okay. We're yeah. all right. Anyway, look, on this show here, we are doing a sabermetric, uh, nerd-out, stats-based breakdown of every WWE pay-per-view in history. We're doing it by season, and by season means we start with the pay-per-view after WrestleMania and any given calendar year, and end with WrestleMania the following year. So, we are kicking off a brand-new season tonight, Marcus. That is 2001-2002, so we're going to start with Backlash 01. We're going to end with WrestleMania 18 that's our seasonal format. Yeah, it is a big one. I'm pretty excited about this one. You?
0: Yeah, I'm pretty excited. Um, Yeah, man. Um, It's like towards the end of a, I don't know if we'll see kind of like where the, the, the hot period of the era kind of tapers off, or if it's just, you know, revisionist history. Um, We know we got some exciting things going down uh, towards the middle of the season, a lot of transition, um, a lot of stars moving up, uh, moving up the card, a lot of debuts. Um, This could could kind of cheat the system yeah. um there's a lot of moments i think that are gonna be on these shows so uh, can't i can not i think it's one it of the most out.
1: divergent seasons like the first one of the few like well the first eight months really differs from the last four i know we've had maybe one or mm-hmm. two like that before but this one feels like because of the angle that we're gonna be covering for the bulk of it uh that those last like four shows at the end of the year are gonna feel dramatically different uh in many ways that's not going to feel quite like what we're covering early on here so But we'll see how that goes as we move forward. So uh, what we do here is we have a number of categories and we assign points for good or bad. And we determine that by determining if any of those stuff is below or above replacement level. So if you think of an average match, an average promo, an average crowd, average doesn't mean bad. just means average. It's like what you would expect on a wrestling pay-per-view. Anything that's beyond that, that's rewatchable or a great moment uh, or a a red-hot crowd pop, gets a plus and anything that's like crowd silence, a terrible booking decision, bad build, gets a minus. We tally that all up and that gives us a total war score. Also factored into that is Marcus i have graded every match we watch. We take my grade plus Marcus's grade and average them out and then do a plus minus offer two and a half. So we consider a two and a half to be an average match. So if our combined match grade is 3.75, that's a plus 1.25, and every match adds up. That gives you total match grade. So it's easier to kind of see as we go, uh, so we'll we'll talk through it as we go, and uh, you can follow along, and at the end, we'll go through all of our top pay-per-views. We've already done, what, probably like it's a 60-something, 70-something, I think. Sounds right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's been a lot. Uh, we have done... <laughs> 78 shows so there we go two more tonight that'll be our 80th 79th and 80th show tonight so exciting uh do you want to quickly touch on the categories before we get started
0: yeah absolutely uh we start off with build uh, so the build up to the event followed by the commentary atmosphere notable moments and importance our match grades like jt talked about the card structure Rewatchability and then all time matches. Uh, and for us, an all time match for it to be in the plus column is anything that is uh, 4.25 and above for both of us. And for it to be a minus, it is anything that is 0.75 and
1: below. All right. Okay. So we're going to kick off our new season on April 29th, 2001, from the All State Arena in Rosemont, Illinois, for Backlash 2001. Uh, it's a pretty important show because it's the immediate follow-up to what many consider to be the second-best WrestleMania of all time. i <laughs> not going to continue that argument here, but uh, you can hear all about that argument multiple places. Uh, but most recently on the Ruthless Aggressive podcast, which drops here every Tuesday on our network, that's audio-only. Um, we do have a few shows that are audio-only. Uh, this, of course, is a hybrid. We have some video-only content. So I would just suggest you subscribe to everything any podcatcher app to search out North South connection or right here on YouTube. If you're watching us just hit subscribe below us and uh, you'll get notified of all our new content. So um, yeah, it's the first pay-per-view after mania. Uh, we have a bunch of change, right? we got to heel, Steve Austin. The rock is off filming a movie. Uh, we kind of have a little bit of a void on top when it comes to faces. So we'll talk about that. We have Jim Ross and Paul Heyman in the booth. Of course, Heyman had come in in February uh, when Jerry Lawler left alongside his wife. Uh, ECW folded and was sold to the WWF, and Heyman was brought in as uh, Jim Ross's color commentator pal, at least early on. Of course, it'll evolve from there, as we'll see. For now, though, he's just the antagonist in the booth. We had two matches on Heat. Uh, One was actual title change. Jerry Lynn defeated Crash Holly for the light heavyweight title, and then Lita defeated Molly Holly. So a couple of matches there. And then we'll get right into our opener, which sees X-Factor as everything they ever wanted. Can't take that away. X-Pac, Justin Credible, and Albert taking on the Dudley boys, Bubba Ray, Devon, and Spike. Of course, when ECW closed, we had the influx of ECW guys as well, Spike Dudley being one of them. Um, I think this is a pretty good opener. I went two and a half. I, I think it's just like what it needed to be. Just the crowd was into it. Um, we just kind of wake up the show a little bit with the Dudleys. This is, you know, on. Um, do they have bombshell? They have bombshell, right?
0: Um, they're still using, um, uh, or they actually just switched over to a saliva, I think. Oh, no, that's the next year. They have like the the prototype version of the saliva theme. Okay, the next year. Okay, it's uh,
1: yeah, so anyway, they they, they start pretty well here. I mean, X Factor was interesting at this time, like they were. You know, this was a term for better or worse. Xbox Heat was really at its peak. Um, I don't know. I still like. I was. I've always been an Xbox fan, so it never bothered me. I actually thought this team wasn't bad. Like you need. Like this is the the benefit of this era, was that even teams like X Factor that were kind of down the card had like a developed gimmick, some unity. Mm-hmm. Like Albert was fine in the ring at this point. Just incredible. I mean, this is probably the peak of his value coming off the ECW run. So it's not bad. I think everyone was just so down on Xbox from like the click stuff. And just kind of riding coattails that they were, they were down on it. I mean, he was still winning a lot of shit and people seemed down, but the dude was like 27. I mean, it wasn't like he was friggin' 40. I mean, you know, like he was still young. He had just been around for a while. So uh, the only downside of this, we'll, we'll definitely talk about it later. Um, this was uh, Wizards of the Wicked Wood. They were trying to get that over. JR says it like three or four times in the match. And I, I don't think i had ever heard it. Like I had no memory of this trying to get over. None. But he must've said it like, like over and over in this match. And I'm like, Oh my God. Like what a terrible fucking gimmick. <laughs> Wizards of the wicked wood. I can
0: only imagine the t-shirts are probably trying to type up for the Dudley boys. Yeah. I went 2.75. Um, so a, a little bit higher than you, but same sentiments. Um, And uh, that's despite Justin Credible being in the match. And he's, like, probably one of my least favorite wrestlers. Um, So, like that said, this is is pretty good. Um, Yeah. Good opener. Solid opener. Um, And that takes us to um, Raven versus Rhino for the hardcore Mm. title. Yes. Um, This is what I would like to call. um, There's a couple on this show. But this one is going to get my dudes rock match Mm. of the night. Um, this was awesome. I went 3.75. Um, it almost got to four. Um, I thought I might have been overrating it a bit, but I really enjoyed this. They went balls to the wall. They went all out. Um, and you can see like Rhino just get over as the match goes on. Uh, it's really cool to see.
1: I've always loved this match. I loved it then. I love it now. I went three and a half. It's a great bookend to the WrestleMania Hardcore, which is also super fun with Raven, Kane, and Big Show, um, where they almost kill the power to the to the arena. Um, <laughs> that back to back with this, like, were just too great. I, I love Rhino in this season. We're gonna talk about him quite a bit until he gets hurt. He his energy is so great. Like he's amazing in the ring, pinballing around. He felt like a potential megastar during this run here. in know, like he he felt like a real big deal um he's presented strong raven gets a little dead cap bounce here during this time like he kind of showed up in late 2000 and quickly fell apart but this the hardcore stuff really reinvented him I and mean, he's great in this little run uh, and he gets used a lot, even though this is the who the fuck hired Raven <laughs> from <Ben's, laughs> um time period. He, he uh, you know, he goes all out. And this has the infamous gore through the shopping cart, which is an all-time spot. Yeah. It's probably one of the most random great matches like they've ever had on a pay-per-view. Like just out of nowhere, these two dudes. <laughs> I mean, we knew they could go. You just didn't often get a, a, allowed to do like a real classic weapons brawl in the WWF like this. And they, they just really delivered. So, yeah, I dug this a lot. It's a, it's a super fun match. And It's good, a good rep, and it lives up to it. All right, uh, next we have our another infamous match, the Duchess of Queensberry, as Chris Jericho takes on William Regal. This is like a classic trope. I think Regal did this in WCW too. Daniele like did like the Queen's Rules match or something and won the Queensberry. So it was something like that. Yeah, um, I know no, him and
0: Flair like had a series, I think, on Worldwide. Yeah, I think
1: that's what it was. And, so,
0: like Saturday night.
1: Yeah, so for this one, it's, I mean, Regal's kind of making up the rules on the fly. you got the Duchess at ringside. Uh, it's just, you know, following up on their Mania feud. Jericho pissed in the tea and all that. Um, they have pretty good chemistry. My, my only problem with this was uh, all the start and stop. Definitely hurts. it. I know that's the gimmick. It's a match that, that plays into that. So I ended up going three stars because, again, they're fun in that kind of match. Regal's facials and his stooging is really good, but It is like, it does get kind of pedantic by the end when they keep, when they do like the fourth freaking restart or whatever. It's like, all right, we probably didn't need like this much nonsense.
0: Yeah, I went 2.75, same reason you just said. It's like, just drags on a little bit too much. Um, Either like cut the match time down if you're going to do that many start and stops, um, or just, you know. Maybe do one or two start and stops instead of like three yeah. or four, and and get to it. Um, because when these guys can go, I mean, they they can really cook, um, and really give you something good. But that said, it didn't take away from the card at all. It's still, um, above the placement level for us.
1: And they're like two guys that are really good at that type of gimmick, like comedy stuff. Like Regal's great in that with the with the stooging and the facial expressions, and Jericho's you know great at that stuff too. So, like, luckily they're able to make it work. It's just it just was a little. You know, if we're shortened up and tightened up a little bit, it would have been better.
0: Yeah. Um, well, our next match, um, <laughs> it's pretty tight. It's snug, uh, definitely. It is Kurt Angle taking on Chris Benoit in the 30-minute ultimate submission match. Um, Benoit is going to get the win. Uh, I believe they do overtime. He's going to get the win 4-3 uh, to three mm-hmm. with the uh, Crippler Crossface. I went 4.25. It's one of those matches I always knew was really good, but like I never really sat down to like, watch it, watch it. Um, so yeah, doing this project, this is definitely a match that, um, I've added to, uh, my all time greats.
1: Yeah. Uh, four and four and a quarter for me too. I I guess in a way, maybe a little disappointing. Like I I really thought maybe it'd be higher on this. Um, I think the 30 minute thing kind of, limits them whenever you have that hard time limit involved it can definitely stifle like trying to wrestle to that time versus just kind of naturally ebbing to that time um but that said it's still really great i think it's better than mania from what i remember like i'd probably have Mania like around a four um and then uh i like the one in judgment day too i mean it's a great series benoit gets his win back here so yeah i mean great stuff from these two as you would expect It's a great pairing here in early 01, for sure. All right. uh, Which way did he go, Marcus, uh, for our next match? Shane McMahon takes on the the big show. Which way did he go? Uh, (laughs) I went three and a quarter on this. Um, It's the typical kind of Shane versus big guy stuff. Um, You know, it's in the middle of push number 65 in two years. A big show where he's (laughs) flip-flopping around. He's serious. He's goofy. He's face. He's heel. Now he's a serious giant. Um, but sh- if Shane's kind of goofing on him, Shane's a heel or is he a face? Because he's going to be heel soon, but he's still feuding with angle who's a heel. Like, so like the whole thing is kind of weird. Kludgy here too, with the WCW stuff in the mix. I'll be honest. I never cared for the, which way did he go stuff? Like it, it got really old fast. Um, okay. with the Shane and the beanstalk stuff, like it was funny at first, but <laughs> in typical Shane fashion, he just runs it into the fucking ground, like, you know, says it a hundred million times and he uses it for the next however many years, whenever, whenever he's involved with a Big Show. It's like, all right, let's, let's tone it down. Uh, Tess gets involved here and helps Shane win. So the forever friendship of Test and Shane uh, coming into play. And again, like I said, Shane's kind of still a heel here, even though he's going to be a face in the invasion. So I think it just hadn't sorted it all out yet, but um, I went through, well, actually, no, I guess he's a face, right? I don't know. The whole thing is yeah weird. I guess test is a face because TNA is done. Yeah, then he they kind of goes see all yeah. I guess the original plan was for WCW to be the faces, so I, I don't know, but we'll we'll chronicle um, three and a quarter for me. It's it's a fine garbage brawl, you know.
0: Yeah, the the which way did he go stuff plays a little bit better with me because I I was like twelve I think during the season, so like it's right up my alley. Like that's total like immature humor, um, beating it into the ground. Um, yeah, three and a quarter for me too. It's It's good. Um, My problems with the match are mostly all connected to test Um, and his presentation, his continued uh, burial, no matter what. Um, Yeah. He just, he doesn't, he doesn't do the match any favors and he doesn't look good getting involved Mm -hmm. either. So it's kind of like a, a a net negative for, for test on both ends there. But um, yeah, it's a, it's a definitely a spectacle because you get the big bump. Uh, the yes. end things. Shane jumping off the the scaffolding, the set, uh, dropping big elbow on Big Show, and they do a pretty good job getting to him. Um, so our semi at this point. Oh. I mean, kind of yeah, is what it definitely. Like,
1: he hasn't done a ton. I mean, really, he went to the Fat Farm in 2000, came back at the Rumble. He was immediately put in the Hardcore Division. You know, like he's whatever. He's Big Show. Yeah, he's he's a, he's a dude. Kind of gets microwaved up and down, and that's it.
0: Yeah. Um, our semi-main event of the evening is for the European title. Um, as I believe Matt Hardy is defending against Christian and Eddie Guerrero. Um, let me double check that real quick. I believe that's right. Matt Hardy won it on SmackDown. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, Matt Hardy's going to retain. You're going to get the tag team partners involved. Um, I went three on this. You kind of hope for a little bit more, but... It's it's just all right. Um, again, the athleticism is is really shocking. I think for this time period, uh, at least I wasn't expecting like the style to be so athletic already. Uh, when you got these younger guys in here, plus Guerrero, um, and a, a cool showcase to kind of see like what the tag guys can do, you know, in a, a single setting, even though it's a triple threat match.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I think pretty much in line with what you said. I went to three as well. Feels like they didn't have a lot of time um to really get into it and they knew that. Also Eddie is just like at the end of life here. And not literally that'd be a few years later, but at the end of his first run, um, you know, the drug problem was really ramping up. You could tell he looked just not great in these last couple of months before he gets fired and he goes to rehab. Um he feels marginalized here, just like a year after the radicals. Like you look at what Benoit was doing earlier in the card. Um you know, having that great match with the angle, positioned as an upper mid card top guy. Eddie's down with like the lower bell with like the lesser versions of the top teams, like Christian and Matt are generally looked at as like the, you know, number twos in those teams around this time. So, you know, he fought tests on the undercard or Mania. So, like, you know, he's not really in the mix of things like he should be probably. Uh, and a part of that is just I think they didn't trust him at this point. He was just such a mess, so that doesn't help. Yeah, but he still make a pay per view, so good, of, good friend, I guess.
0: Yeah, like this is probably his his floor, right? Like. This is probably as bad as Eddie Guerrero gets, I would imagine, in, in
1: WWF. Right. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. I would assume so. For sure. Yeah. All right. Main event uh, sees Undertaker and Kane Challenge. Well, they're, they're our tag champions. All the titles on the line. Uh, Defending and challenging. Yep. Stone Cold Steve Austin and Triple H. Their world title and Intercontinental titles are on the line. So it was a busy month post-mania. Triple H wins the IC belt. Um, and that had that brutal... Saul, right was that that was during that month right the brutal chair assault or might be after this I forget but um, uh, Jeff period. Hardy on all th- the Hardys and Leader. oh yeah and Leader. yeah yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, uh-huh. that's all in because Triple H beats um oh no who was icy champ he beat uh he beats Jericho yeah you're right, right? of course of course he does he be- yeah Hardy yeah, beats he him beat- Hardy beats him to win the yeah. icy um mm-hmm. and then uh of course Undertaker and Candy attack champs there was a lot of anger i remember at the time on the internet around this period i don't know how dialed in you were like online and stuff but like everyone wanted ben juan jericho and angle like all those guys after mania and when they went to taker and kane like people were like pissed they were like oh these guys are you know always going to be in the title picture they're never going to push new guys and ratings definitely took a little hit i mean i think it was gonna anyway probably around this coming after mania but I think a lot of people did check out a bit because Taker and Kane just didn't feel believable as challengers. I mean Taker had, you know, had a great match of Mania, but was definitely slowing up a bit. I think people just wanted desperately wanted like Benoit and Jericho to ascend at this point. So I remember they get there eventually, as we'll see, but there was definitely some anger. I also think um you know, we'll talk about this as part of the build, but like Triple H not going face the night after Mania hurt. Uh, Ryan Gray and I talked about that. We did a special ranking the top raw after manias uh moments and that one was on there was austin you know the two-man power chip forming but it seemed like that that was the night that that they would do a double turn like when triple h comes out uh he ends up helping austin in the cage to beat up the rock but everyone was like rabid thinking like you know here we go um and i think a face hunter versus heel austin carrying that initial months would have been much better than what we get as as cool as the two-man power chip is for these two months um you know, maybe, maybe he doesn't get hurt either. Like who knows? And then he's around for the invasion, but mm-hmm. I think a face Hunter in a heel Austin, I mean, they had a the great match at no way out. You know, this is peak triple H really um, in the ring and, and fan reception wise. So I really think like that could have been red hot coming after mania, triple H goes face. The crowd wanted it then, They wanted it in October with the angle stuff, right? They, they held off there. Then he gets hot again, coming off of mania, like that place to explode for him coming out to fight Austin. So, anyway, the match itself is fine. It's it's definitely long. Um, all in, it's 25 minutes, so it's a pretty long main event. I went three and three quarters, though. Like, it's, I mean, heel Austin's so much fun to watch. And he didn't even have everything honed yet. Like, he would do that over the next couple months. So, this is still a little rocky with him in the heel role. But, overall, I thought they really cobbled together a good match.
0: Yeah, I'm really interested to track Austin's 0-1. Because I feel like the sentiment kind of is, like... Eh, he kind of tapers off, like, after the, the neck surgery. He's not quite the same, but, like, you know, remember WrestleMania 17, but, like, just looking at this season, like, he's still humming. Um, and you think of Triple H kind of being, you know, one of the best workers. Um, I don't have maybe the the, the the knowledge to say this, but, you know, it's my limited knowledge of uh, wrestling around the world at this time. I think he's one of the best workers going. Um, so you kind of think of him kind of being the – the the bump guy of the team but you know him and him and austin both they're out there working super hard mm-hmm. uh so yeah i went with a a 3.75 as well um it felt like a super huge main event which wwe does really well with i think kind of like these spectacle um attraction tag team matches where you get all these superpowers fighting but i wasn't super dialed into the internet yet i was just like reading at the library like whenever i went but i right i liked my tag guys i didn't like when superpowers kind of combined to take the title. So, like, you know, I like Kane a lot during this time. I like Undertaker. Like, Limp gets awesome. Um, I wasn't, like, thrilled that they beat Edge and Christian, you know, because, like, those are my tag team dudes. And, you know, I I don't think that's like... what added
1: to it. Like, all right, now they're in the back of the tag division. They're yeah. taking the tag belts. And, um you know, and then, like, all right, they get the main event spot. And even with all that, I think if they just had this one-and-done it might have been more palatable. I think the fact that they run it back at judgment day, like they eat up two months of time with these guys. Yeah. When you you it was obvious too, like Undertaker's not gonna probably win the world title after Austin beat the rock and turned turned heel and won the belt. Like he's he's just not, he's not gonna win. You know, maybe Kane, which you know, he ends up doing, but it's like it just didn't feel realistic that they would put it. So I think a one month you know thing and then move on would have been fine maybe not as egregious we'll talk about it when we get to judgment day but you know they end up eating up two months of that important time after mania just kind of killing spinning wheels and i guess it allowed austin to get his you know legs under him as a heel but
0: yeah you i think we're on to something there with the maybe switching taker and kane's roles we'll we'll take a better look uh, when we get to judgment day but I think you're on to something there um but yeah, they 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 linger too long on this, as, as we'll see when uh, we cover the future events.
1: All right. So uh, that gives us a total match war score of 6.25, which is really strong for us. Uh, I would say like an average is between like three to four. Some of the best shows are up in that five, six, seven range. So for a comparison, NXT TakeOver uh, Rival, which we liked a lot of the in-ring action last episode, got a six in-ring um wrestlemania now let's see what's another good show that had like good in-ring stuff i'm trying to compare with like Fastlane 16 only had a four rumble 16 which we loved had a six so like it's it's one of the higher end wrestlemania 21 had a five and a half so oh, wow. 6.25 is like a very strong in-ring show um for us all right let's get to our first categories build uh, so we're gonna talk about all the positive builds, right? Anything that was a uh, positive over just a, a standard wrestling build. We gave a point for the use of the ECW stars in the hardcore division. That's a good use of them with Rhino and Raven, play to their strengths. A point for the build uh, for Regal Jericho. They feuded all the way to Mania. Passed in, Regal becomes commissioner. P in the T, Duchess of Queensbury, like all that stuff. So a lot of long build to this. Uh, a point for the long build to Benoit Angle is you know a pure wrestling contest. Again, they fought a Mania Angle. Cheated to win, you know. He, he kind of beat him, you know. It was man to man, but he held the ropes at the end or whatever to steal the win. So they really built this on a pure wrestling setup. A point to Shane uh, trying to poach different stars to WCW, so they're kind of burning the candle for him on both ends, feuding with Big Show, but also uh, trying to hype WCW and keep that top mind. A point for Matt Hardy winning the European title already, Guerrero. And we gave two points for the two man power trip, rising to power, so forming winning the, the titles uh, and and kind of then coming in here to take all the gold. So they're building full control of the company with Vince behind them. They're really trying to build up like a dominant heel stable. So a lot of good builds at the show coming off of Mania. Usually a backlash would be just like a Mania rerun, you know, but this mm-hmm. one that felt like they actually, a lot happens after Mania and sets the yeah. game here.
0: Yeah. You, you can, yeah, you can definitely see like things have changed on TV. It's not just like, you know, run the rematches back or anything like that. Um, let's look at the missteps he might have made along the way for the build. Uh, we are going to ding Shane and the Beanstalk uh, for being pretty lame in retrospect. Uh, Tess being the damsel in distress of this feud uh, does no favors for him uh, or the match itself. Uh, Jericho peeing in the tea. Hunter squashing, destroying Hardy for the Intercontinental title. Um, as, you know, I think Hardy wins it on SmackDown and he loses it on the next Raw. Um, convoluted power struggle with Linda having power. Uh, going to t- uh, going with Kane and Taker over Jericho and Benoit, like we talked about, it's angered upset a lot of fans and you get the rating, uh, the ratings dip, um, to coincide with that.
1: Uh-huh.
0: And, um, oh yeah. And of course, yeah, swashing Edge and Christian, um, to do so, who would just won TLC too. So you, you undo a lot of good. You did at WrestleMania, um, to put the, the put the tag team titles on, um, Undertaker and Kane. Uh, All right, that gives us
1: a total two uh, on bill. Two, okay. So a lot of good bill, but then a lot of down that we weren't fans of. So kind of almost zeroes it out. All right. Commentary. We gave a the plus three bump for Heyman's legitimacy and insight. He's fantastic on the show. Makes everything. He, he's the closest to Jesse that we've had with like making everything so important, legitimate, makes sense, ties it together. Uh, he's really sharp here throughout the whole episode, uh, throughout the whole show. Uh, we also give a point to him adding continuity to the ECW guys. So like he's able to tell their stories um, yeah. really well and, and make things make sense there. Uh, Regal making JR and Heyman stand for the Duchess. And JR says, Welcome to America. And Heyman says, It's about time we had a legit royalty of the Dirty F. That was a great dig at the King. I thought that was really funny. Uh, Ross is just in his glory in his wheelhouse. There in Benoit Angle. Oh, he's my gosh. <laughs> he loved it. Uh, and then JR and Heyman in the main events. Again, the nailing the intensity, the story um you know i know like the stories that you know jr wasn't like the biggest working with Heyman fan they butted heads about a bunch in wcw and all this different stuff but i i think they're great here um their chemistry is immediate and Heyman's is so good at again I, I hate to invoke jesse but he's the closest to it like he calls out jr on his shit but he's also very legitimate but it has a little heen and stooge in him too where he's not afraid to say and do stupid things right he's he's tremendous
0: yeah, he's really great. I'm looking forward to um, hearing more of this team as the season goes along. Uh, we only have one minus because uh, this is a great team, uh, and that was Jim Ross, as you pointed out, calling the Dudleys oh my the God. Wizards of the Wicked Wood.
1: Wizards uh, of the Wicked Wood!
0: <laughs> at least three times. Oh, uh, So we did thank them for that. But that was that was the only misstep in commentary. Um, they are fantastic and yep. might help put a lot of these shows over the hump.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, that's a plus – Six, which is, (laughs) we don't usually go super high in commentary due to some of these seasons and the teams we have, but I think, like you said, this is going to be one of the best teams we've seen so far. I mean, we did, um, let's see, what have we done? We've done, uh, you know, 85, 86, obviously, but that was only a couple, so we had some Jesse in there. 99, 2000 was kind of peak JR and King. You know, we were okay with that. But other than that, like, we haven't really had a really great commentary year. 92-93, uh, we had some Bobby you know, with Vince and with Gorilla. So that's probably the best we've had so far until this. So we'll see. This is definitely some of the highest I think we're going to go on commentaries. All right, Atmosphere. Uh, so a point for the awesome set with the swinging hooks, very memorable. And it adds to chain when he jumps off it. Uh, a point for the uh, you know, post-mania ad. Like, you know, post-mania adds so much expense uh, excitement and all that. Uh, A point for the red-hot crowd for the Dudleys and the tables. A point for the crowd being so into the hardcore match, biting on all the nasty spots. A point for the huge pop when Benoit wins. A big pop for uh, the crowd being into Shane. Uh, there's a lot of chaos up until the dive a point for the Jeff Hardy, Swanton and Matt win. The crowd is like super into that. Uh, triple H's entrance gets a point. Austin's entrance gets a point. Um, and then the crowd is all in the final stretch of the main event. So this crowd was fantastic all night. It's Chicago. Of course they are. Um, Austin, did he he's still disturbed here, right? He didn't switch oh, into yeah. the yeah, yeah, so that's why his entrance is awesome. It sucks. halfway <laughs> exactly through the season. We're gonna switch to the did it, and it's they they dull the pop. Our purpose, right? They they did it on by design to try and kill that glass break pop. Wow. Yeah. God, the disturbed song is so good. We talked about it. We did the attitude era theme draft on no holes barred. I think there's a world where you could argue this is best song. Um, it's, oh, it
0: absolutely is, yeah. Even
1: better than the original, right? So it's yeah. like, yep. you know, for him to still have it here is funny. Like, it sh- again, it shows that they hadn't really figured out the heel Steve Austin yet, what they wanted it to be. But it's not long. We're not far off from the, yeah, just the... Getting stripped of all the cool things. Try and kill the pop when he comes out.
0: Yeah, sounds like an ATV video game, like background noise driving. Yep. Yeah uh our only minus here again light on the minuses so far um the crowd getting antsy with all the duchess nonsense and it's mm-hmm. hard to blame them but um you know the result is a the result there i was it yep. for minuses though like it's in the shadows of the attitude era where we're you know whether you want to make that line of delineation or whatever um crowds are red hot we still got tons of signs like you know it's still during that time period
1: so you know, it's that's a plus as... nine plus nine on atmosphere.
0: Yeah, you know it's not like you know summer 1998, but Mm. like it's still still red hot.
1: Yeah, Uh, it's. I'm curious to see how the season goes with those crowds because we're really chronicling the slow initial descent off the mountain. I think like it's still great numbers and like they're still drawing big crowds, but we're starting like oh one. I remember progressively the feedback and excitement was dipping by the month. It was like okay. You know, this happened with WCW, too. It's like you give them a little leash, right? A little more leash. A little, and then it becomes a little less leash, a little less leash. Like, all right, they were hot for three years, so it's just one down month. Okay, well, just a couple down months. Like, oh, all right, actually ratings are down a little bit. Or, oh, actually, you know, this storyline's not as hot as it would been. And, like, all of a sudden you turn around, it's like, okay, the hot period's dead. <laughs> and that, I feel like yeah. we're, we're this year kind of tracks that, you know? Um, All right, so plus nine for atmosphere. Again, Chicago crowd at their peak. Uh, notable moments we have a point for Jerry Lynn winning the lightweight title, a point for Rhino's shopping cot gore, a point for which way did he go? As annoying as it was, it's very memorable from the show, a point for Shane's dive off the set, and a point for Triple H and Austin winning the tag titles and taking home all the gold.
0: Yeah, uh, for our minuses, we got Raven. Probably should have won the hardcore title there, just kind of given how that match oh, went. Yeah. I mean, the they, crowd they would was have
1: so ready for it. Like, you could, that whole match, they're, like, ready to blow up for Raven. I think that would have been one of his peak moments the Yeah, if he beats Rhino there.
0: And why not call an audible, you know? Like, you can always switch it. It's the hardcore title. You can switch it back the next night or whatever. Yeah. Um, and then we got Test uh, really looking like a, a lost loser um you know being being second fiddle to Shane and then uh, Eddie Guerrero's final U.S. pay-per-view match uh before he takes off to rehab uh, he definitely felt lost in shuffle here like we said I mean this is this has got to be him reaching his uh his floor of his potential in WWF
1: all right so that is a plus two only for notable moments so maybe not the most uh, notable show to occur uh, match grades, we talked about 6.25. Card structure, we have a point to start hot with the Dudleys. is a good choice. Get the crowd revved up. A point for having a long, uh, some long wrestling matches between some fun nonsense. So really kind of balance the card well. A point on the submission match, having multiple falls. They didn't just go 30 minutes with no taps, right? They, they built to a cadence, which I think always works well when you do that. Uh, a point for Kane's injured elbow. Carrying the match story is good. They used that injury and they really told it well with Austin and triple H focusing on damaging it.
0: Yeah. Uh, Our minuses are Jeff Hardy uh, being the most over. uh, So why not just do a big tag match, you know, Um, get everybody, especially like you have Christian there, get edge there and, you know, find a guy for a team with do something else. Um, But everybody kind of seemed less over because of it. Um, And you're already using like the lesser guys of the, Mm -hmm. the two teams um but that was it for uh our minuses in card structure
1: so again a plus three marcus we don't usually have um shows of no negatives at all <laughs> which is a rare so let's see if we continue rewatchability. we gave a point for the shop shopping cart gore which again was awesome and rewatchable. uh austin shitting on kevin kelly while he stands all weird staring at his face poor kk uh, a point for regal's facials when he lands in the duchess's crotch uh, a point for Angle sh- shitting on Chicago and all the fat slobs. And a point for Shane's dive. All all great rewatchable moments from this show.
0: Yeah. Um, for our minuses, we've got the Duchess's acting. And, you know, she's like an HR lady or whatever. So oh, it's hard to blame her. Um, but one minus one there. We've got uh, Steve Blackman, The Lethal Weapon. Uh, it's the opposite of party time. He's stuck with Grandmaster Sexay at WF New York, <sighs> York doing awkward promos. So awkward. Uh, the main event length was a bit much like I know that's your four stars, but that lingered a little bit long, especially when um, you have a card with like shorter matches um, and you got a bunch of guys still sitting out missing the show. Yeah, uh, And then you get the camera missing the big shot of a Triple H hitting Kane with the sledgehammer to end the match. And we went minus two there, a, a rare production misstep.
1: So that's a zero wash on rewatchability. We had one all-time match in Benoit Angle, no negative all-time matches. So it's a rare show, Marcus, with no negative uh, categories, just a one zero. And that brings us to a total war score of 29.25, which is incredibly strong. It makes us our seventh best show of all time to this point. Wow. Uh, For some context, it is uh, about half a point above Money in the Bank 11, <laughs> you know, which is Punk Cena. Um, so that's high praise. It's right below Rumble 16. Uh, then there's a little gap from there, but you know, it's right above Rumble 2000 as well. It's above TakeOver New York. So it's above some heavy hitters. This backlash 01. Uh, but the in-ring is great. The crowd is hot. The build is good. The commentary is awesome. It's it's a really great show. I mean, it, it held up. Like, you, you think about this era, it's not just blown up in your head. Like it was, there's some really fun stuff in the, and the atmosphere and the build helped it so much.
0: Yeah. Without a doubt. Especially like, I was just surprised with like the athleticism in the matches. Like I keep going back to that because it's attitude error. So you think it's a lot of like punching and kicking, but yep. I mean, not when you got like Christian and Matt Hardy and Eddie Guerrero and Angle and Benoit and Jericho and like Regal's just, like pretty athletic during this time. Like, you go up just up and down the card um yeah. and you know and when you get to the main event like kane is like <laughs> peak physical form kane and mm. you know, triple h is is you know height of his powers uh in the ring and i mean kane was Austin just coming off that going.
1: great rumble performance yeah yeah
0: so yeah the guys are going guys are definitely yeah. moving
1: all right. All right. So that's our first show. We're going to get to our second one in a moment. Just want to give a shout, of course, to Wrestling Warzone. It's back. It's every other Monday here on North South video and audio. Myself and Chad Campbell going through the history of the Monday Night Wars. We are uh, on the doorstep of Starcade and at the end of 1996 and almost into 1997. It's excited to start a new year. So we're going, we cover Raw, we cover Nitro all the pay-per-views, clashes and all that stuff. So, uh it's been fun digging in really week by week to see the Monday War develop and WCW build their lead up. So, we'll continue to see that throughout 97. Okay, let's get to our next show. We're going to go to May 5th, so just uh, a week later in Earls Court Exhibition Center in London, England for Insurrection 2001. As you know, if you've been a long-time listener of the shows of the show, we do uh the uk-only pay-per-views as part of our trek so i was curious about this one because it is such a hot time period um you know the car looked not too far off from what we talked about a minute ago a backlash you know so it seemed like there was definitely some potential in there so let's see what we got marcus our announced team is i believe it's Cole and Heyman, right? It's not listed here. Yeah, it's Cole and Heyman. Um, so JR's got the, the trip off, but Heyman, Heyman's involved. Uh, we didn't have any dark matches right then, so we're going to get right to our opener, which is Eddie Guerrero taking on Grandmaster Sexay. Two and a half for me. It's, again, Eddie feels at the the valley right now, man. Like, he's definitely toward the bottom of his powers. Scotty Too hot he was hurt, so Sexay's kind of out on his own. He had been doing the team with Blackman a little bit. I'd say this match underwhelms given who's involved in it. You'd think they could at least get three stars out of this, but Eddie just does not look good. you got to figure European trip, like he's probably really going hard on the plane, on the bus and all that. So you, he just did not, he just doesn't look right.
0: Yeah. When Grandmaster Sexay is um, looking like the most stable person in the match, it's pretty rough. Uh, two and a quarter for me. Uh, yeah. These guys are definitely capable of more. Uh, it felt like they were kind of sleepwalking through what a match is supposed to look like. So mm-hmm. it was just missing a little bit of that um, uh, that polish, which, again, th- these two guys definitely know how to work, and it just seemed like they were kind of clumsily for them uh, sleepwalking through a match.
1: Agreed.
0: Um, our next match is a tag team match, as it is the Holly Cousins of Crash and Hardcore, taken on Saturn and Malenko. And I think we get our first... Um, taste of, uh, booking on the fly card subject to change, uh, with this. Uh, yeah. Cause this is supposed to be like Terry is supposed to be involved and, um, there's a whole mess we'll talk about, um, when we get to the, the categories, but uh, for this, I went two and a quarter again. Um, I just thought it matched the energy of, and, and effort of like the previous match. Um, and yeah, just, just being a little bit underwhelmed given given who's involved. I know Malenko's like really towards the end of the road for him. Um, but even with that, like, I just expect a little bit more out of everybody. So two and yeah. a quarter for me.
1: Yeah, same. I mean, this feels like a bit of a relic match, like the Hollies here in 01. You know, we're a year past, like the really peak of the 24-7 stuff. And Hollies, you know, height is probably like a upper mid-card guy saturn malenko definitely the b team of the radicals and they're presented that way um so yeah i mean this is i said the card is similar to backlash but this is where the dips happen right as you kind of have the again the b team rolled out there for this one um in the uk that continues is our next match uh sees one half of the apa bradshaw taking on big show and bradshaw actually wins the match um he goes three and a half minutes. I mean, Big Show's a scuffling big time here. He's in the hardcore division. He's now lost two straight pay-per-view. Match- well, three really. I mean, Kane and Raven beat him. Shane McMahon beat him. And now Bradshaw beats him. So that's a tough stretch. I went two star. Gentleman's two for the power spots, but Big Show's just a mess.
0: Yeah. Uh, I went two with this one as well. And this is our third match. It's under six minutes. in this one, this one's half of that at three twenty. Um, but if you would have asked me without me looking at the times, I would have guessed all these matches went like close to ten minutes. They all just felt long, this one yeah. included. Yep. Um, and yeah, I don't have anything else to add to it. Um, and as
1: great as Heyman is, like you can't carry everything. So without yeah. JR to play off of, like Cole's just not there yet, you know. Um. So Cole and J- and Heyman aren't like the tour de force that could carry the show either.
0: Um we get to our next match which is the hardy boys the dudley boys x-factor and edge and christian all competing uh in a four-way
1: i get everything i ever wanted
0: (laughs) and i'll never give that back yeah i love x-factor uh edge and christian are going to pick up the win here uh and they're going to last eliminate the dudley boys um it is an eliminate elimination match Mm -hmm. they go uh 13 plus minutes I went uh 3 and a quarter. Like business definitely picked up with this. Again, back to the athleticism of the season, it seems like a lot of it is lumped into this match. Um, the floor
1: is high in, yeah. in this era. Like the floor is is evolved because of how good these guys are. So, even yep. a match like this, it's probably like their baseline fine match, but because they're also good, it's like a 3 and a quarter is is what we get out of it, you know. Yep. So, but when you look at the talent in there, You could argue, again, they underachieved. I mean, the Hardys, Dudley's, and Andrew Christian have had some of the best matches in company history to this point. You add X-Pocket to the mix. Like, it's this should pop. This should be crazy, right? And it's three and a quarter. Probably a little lower than you would hope for.
0: But yeah, when you look at what we've been given so far, this one's, like, finally, like, a good match.
1: All right. um, Up next, we have the rematch from Backlash as Chris Benoit versus Kurt Angle. Kind of a hidden little treat on this card. Like, I was surprised that they rolled these guys out again. And again, I thought it's it's great, but we're seeing the effect of it being this on this UK only show versus one of the major pay per views. Um, so, like, their best stuff has been four, four and a quarter. This is three and three quarters for me. So it's still great, but it's not what you would hope it to be.
0: Yeah, uh, three and a half for me. Um, again, yeah, a little treat. I uh, wasn't expecting to see this match. I like mm-hmm. went with the two falls in a row. That was um, different because. You know, with, you have three stages of hell to introduce at this time. So you kind of expect like, you know, you're going to see three falls, but they don't go that that route. So that's pretty cool to see. Uh, and that brings us to Chris Jericho taking on William Regal. Uh, Regal kind of gets the hometown treatment. Uh-huh. Uh, they aired like videos during the show, you know, promoting him out and about and he gets the backstage segment as well to start off the show with Vince. Um, but Jericho's going to win. I went three and a half. Um, I think this is the best that we've seen of them this season. And I think even going back to WrestleMania, I know we're not covering that this season. Um, WrestleMania 17, the best WrestleMania. Um, But I think this is their best effort. I really like this match a lot.
1: Well, they gave him some time. Like WrestleMania was a little bit like first match on the card on a huge show vibes to it. And then the Dutch match we talked about, Um, but this one, they they gave him 16 minutes. And uh, like you said, it kind of the hometown crowd, you get the Queens cup and they just have a straight match. Uh, and I liked it as well. I went three and a half. So, um, you know, second best match of the night for me, along with Benoit Angle. So really good stuff. All right. Our main event is pretty much a repeat of backlash, uh, only without Kane because <laughs> he's hurt. It's Undertaker versus Steve Austin, Triple H in a handicap match. And the Undertaker actually wins. Um, sadly, he can only win the world title if he pinned Austin. He doesn't. Um, I was shocked with Taker won. Like this seemed like an easy layup to have him do the job two on one but i guess they were trying to set him up you know for for judgment day as the top guy so he gets the win here we go 17 minutes again i thought it was you know whatever i went two and three quarters it's not you would expect better i mean we're coming up backlash with pretty much the same guys you got austin and Triple h at their peak in there like undertaker super over in the uk like two and three quarters to me is like kind of disappointing
0: yeah, I went three, a little tick higher. Um, and I think, again, it was just kind of see like Austin Triple H bumping around. Um, wasn't expecting to see that. Um, it looked like they were having fun. Like, you know, I think you can look at a lot of these matches, especially like when you compare them to now and it's kind of like everything's this big laid out performance. But you know, these guys are just in there kind of calling a match and and listening to the crowd and going with things. And it's it's refreshing to see and I kind of trend a little bit high on those things. So three for me. Um not like a, a huge way to close out the show, but um yeah it, weird that weird they had the title on the line, but like Triple H gets pinned. So like taker doesn't win the title just all kind of weird Mm
1: -hmm. all right so that actually gives us a three for total match war score which is pretty solid for this show Uh, but again the in-ring is still the baseline's high the the floor is high because of the talent they have so even with a little bit of the b squad out there and guys maybe not going full throttle um still pretty strong all right let's get to our categories uh we're going to start with build Uh, We have a point for Big Show injuring Test on TV. That sets up Bradshaw as being the replacement. A point for Angle and Benoit still going. You know, Benoit stole the medal, so they're warring over that. Jericho and Regal's feud playing off the Queen's Cup. That's been going since before Mania. And a point for the two-man power trip dominating and warring with Taker and Kane, really building up their position of power.
0: And, yeah, this one's so close to the last pay-per-view. We don't really have uh, too much time to build stuff. So, Orly is here is the confusing starts to the show with Regal changing the whole card and then, uh, you know, blaming Linda. And then we get the weird skit there.
1: Yeah, so that's a three for build. So, we didn't talk too much about that. But given, like, how the card evolves, what everyone's wearing and how things go, I'm guessing luggage got lost or something because they kind of have it, that segment during there with the women that's kind of janky we'll talk about. Um Regal comes out and bitches about the card changing. They're blaming Linda for her power and like all this other stuff. And so there definitely was something going on, right?
0: Yeah. It seems like it. Like yes. yeah. Stuff must have got lost. Bags must have been lost. That's uh, right. the the only explanation I think I I could come up with as well.
1: All right. So that's a plus three for build Uh, for commentary. We give a point for Heyman being flabbergasted by Terry's wrestling in a skirt. Again, that kind of plays up to um, them not having the gear. So the women are out there. I'm guessing that was supposed to be a match. They end up just kind of doing a segment because none of them have the gear. Uh, a point for Heyman doing a good job, keeping the ship straight with the stories, you know, in spite of Cole, a point for Heyman, hyping Rhino. That's always awesome. He loves him a point for Heyman talking about how Austin sold his soul. And that's what, you know, what could he do if he loses, he may lose his mind. Like all that is really well told.
0: All right. <sighs> Let me brace up here. Um, we got a lot to cover in the minuses real quick. Uh, commentary sounds so patched in. You can tell they're not live. Uh, they're, you know, recording and, and for If they somewhere. were,
1: they did a bad job making a seem it because yeah, it really sounds like it's cut in.
0: Yeah, I mean, as somebody who watched uh, Jacked religiously, it sounds like it's it's piped in commentary after the fact. Um, Cole asking repetitive questions all night that were already answered on the show, like why would the Undertaker want to face Triple H and Stone Cold at the same time when we it was already answered, it was already covered. Um, Creepy Cole talking about Terry Skirt cole sound like a child at all times why yeah. is he coming out i thought the match was canceled oh. um and just his tone like it doesn't sound like an adult calling a wrestling show um cole with the terrible similes and comparisons all night that don't make sense mm-hmm. um talking about the big show uh when jbl finally gets him off his feet uh cole says he knocked the big sequoia off his feet like trees don't have feet <laughs> they have roots like right Stuff of being a broadcaster, especially from Syracuse, like you would expect a lot better. He uh, just seems cool realms at all times. Yeah, Cole having to hammer everything home too is just super obvious. You know, check it out, check it out, look, look, look there, and, look you know, there, look at him, look at him. It's going to be a theme we see too, like mm-hmm. in the seasons we've covered, like yep. later on in in, in the two thousands. Like we talked about same. it a lot.
1: In uh, 15, 16 with him. Mm-hmm. Look at look at, Oh, here he comes. Look at him. Look at him, King. Look at him. You know, like that. It's just like, all right, mm-hmm. we get it. All right, so that's a negative two for commentary. So a pretty big drop from Backlash uh, from Jayarda Cole makes a big difference. Uh, atmosphere, we give a point for the big pop for Grandmaster Sexy's dancing. The crowd is into it. Uh, we always love the air horns in these UK shows, so a pop for that. A pop for the Hardys. <laughs> A point, a uh, pop, uh, pop, a point for the big pop for the Hardy's, a point for the great reaction for the 3D through the table, a point for the aura around Triple H's entrance, a point for Austin's fire entrance still has disturbed, and a point for the good buzz through the main event. So uh, the crowd was good in this show. Yeah, uh,
0: our only minus <laughs> is uh, the crowd not being happy about the Hardy's getting eliminated. Stop, pop. <laughs> Um, that was our only minus, though, so was the crowd not being <laughs> <you>. <laughs> Oh man! Uh, uh, plus six atmosphere. Yeah, plus six. Yeah, they, they they tried their best to save the show. Yeah,
1: they were not happy. The Hardys went out. They were pissed. They, they yeah. for the <laughs> All right, notable moments: a point for Show uh, destroying Test and re-injuring him, so they at least made Show look kind of tough. A uh, point for Benoit sweeping Angle, continuing his dominance. And uh, he's got the medals in his crotch, Benoit does. And then a point for Jericho winning the Queen's Cup.
0: Uh, For our minuses, we've got uh, Gro slumming it uh, as he heads into rehab. Uh, Triple H wearing a Motorhead shirt in England to look super cool. Uh, But then he cuts a low-hanging fruit promo uh, to get Mm -hmm. heat backstage. Uh, Those those two things are contradictory. Uh, Big Show goes from looking like a monster to taking a loss to a tag team guy. Plus, gets two terrible promos to cut. Um, Yeah. Uh, X Factor and Edge and Christian don't get um, on-air entrances. They take. How do we off. not
1: get the X Pac uh, X Factor theme? Come on. Yeah,
0: definitely minus one there. Um And an Undertaker beats uh, the two-man power trip and Vince single-handedly. Yeah. Um, but you know, again, we don't get the title change here.
1: No. Nope. All right, negative two for notable moments. So definitely hurt there. Match grades we talked about it, a three uh nope rare no positives to card structure there was nothing that we thought was kind of worth the shout out over a standard card but there was a lot we did not like marcus
0: there sure was uh, and it starts with uh, a bunch of mcmahon power struggle going oh. on um overhauling the whole card really tough start it felt like they did that skit yeah. to start the show in one take uh we talked about potential like luggage or travel issues messing up the card uh regal is in london and we get like the charity ball video packages so i need on a show that already has like you know useless matches
1: and and he's a a heel they're they're like like the british bulldog rampage vhs (laughs) stuff you know like oh let's say we Regal in his hometown you know but it's like he's been like the biggest douche on the roster over the last like couple (laughs) months you know
0: yeah um so like stuff like that the card has no flow um the card all messed up and screwed up and just again a lot of obvious filler. Yeah. Um why not let the four-way tag go longer with all these teams and eat a chunk of time um and then we also get, you know, aside from the the handicap match, world title match, which isn't a straight up match, you know. We don't have any other title matches on the card.
1: All right, so that is a uh, negative six on card structure. So that definitely hurts. Uh, we had no all-time matches. Rewatchability, we give a point for uh, Stevie Richards rants at English people and hussies, the whole uh, RTC women stuff, and then a point for Vince's face when he's about to take the choke slam. It's fantastic Vince stuff as usual.
0: Uh, for our minuses, we've got Linda as the on-screen character, oh, just a charisma. Vacuum. I hate this
1: period with the this and the whole Foley with, like, the unlimited power, and he had signed all the documents, and Linda had given him power. Like, all that shit drives me nuts. Like, I I hate all that stuff. It's such, like, a, like, just lazy writing during this time period.
0: She reminds me of, like, the English teacher. <laughs> and then uh, Guerrero looking just physically washed out and mentally checked out
1: as well. Alright, so that's zero, washed out there. And that gives us a total score. But the opposite, is opposite of we can get. We went uh, 29 and a quarter for Backlash. Marcus, this netted out to a two insurrection. Oh net. boy. A two. Um, so, not one of the best shows we've seen. Uh, let's see, that brings us all the way down to our 73rd best show out of 80 so it is bottom 10 for us down with no way out 05 just above unforgiven and armageddon 04 uh below elimination chamber 12 below no mercy uk 99 uh you know we weren't big fans of that either so definitely down in the dregs um not the Ellabuch Road, <laughs> 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 down more of the Dregs of Society room, but uh, yeah. it's you know we've had a pretty good dichotomy tonight. We had uh, one of the best we've seen, right. the worst we've seen. Was, I top guess fittingly for England, I'll say one of the the best of times and the worst of times <laughs> uh, for us tonight.
0: Yeah, man, a top ten show, a bottom ten show. You know, yeah. couldn't couldn't book it any better.
1: I'm confidently going to say this is probably the worst show we're going to watch up this season. <laughs> I'm confident that's the that statement. statement. Um, the rest of the season should be pretty good. And I can say next episode, we have, uh, we're going to heat way back up because we have uh, oh, a yeah. really fun shows to talk about. And then two weeks uh, or a month from tonight, we have another great show to talk about. So like we have some really good stuff coming up that I'm super excited about. Uh, so we'll be talking about all that. We are here every other Thursday you have any thoughts feedback comments concerns just hit us up you can leave comments on youtube or you can shoot us a note on one of our social media presences facebook tiktok instagram and twitter until then continue to live your life above replacement level and we will talk soon take care